There's no doubt that mental health matters, but not everyone knows how to go about seeking help or even how prevalent these issues are for patients. Soon you'll have more confidence in picking the right mental health option working best for your situation. Your well-being should be about thriving instead of surviving. It's about time to empower yourself and navigate our healthcare system with ease. My name is Rishi and this is the show, Friendly Neighborhood Patient. The fact of the matter is that no basic lab or blood tests exist for mental issues. Mental health conditions are primarily diagnosed upon having an exam or long-term monitoring of your health. Even though we don't know all the answers about why our lovely brains can get depressed or schizophrenic, we do know that such diseases happen a lot. According to the data crunched by the CDC and National Institute of Mental Health, around 1 in 5 adults in the U.S. experienced some kind of documented mental illness. In the last 12 months from the most recent tally in 2020, 19% of all recorded mental illnesses were anxiety-related, and the next 8% were depression-related. I'd argue these numbers are probably underreported because of the stigma in our culture that it's shameful to have this kind of disorder. Spoiler alert, it's not shameful by any stretch of the imagination to deal with these obstacles. Some patients might believe that the only way to deal with such problems is to have medication or to do some cognitive behavior therapy. However, there are more choices than you think and a number of professionals you can seek. Not all shrinks are created equal. Knowing what options are out there is a huge part of taking the first steps to bettering your mind. There are a variety of warning signs that can be a trigger for seeking mental health assistance, but since this podcast is not a medical advice column, I'm going to link the general list of concerns as noted by the National Association of Mental Illness. That link, plus anything else I cite in this episode and elsewhere, will be found on my Substack post at rishinagala.substack.com. Let's say that you're somewhere between being on the fence and being 100% sure that finding mental help is the next best step. So where do you begin? The simplest way to go about this journey is to look at the actual professionals in your area that offer a specific kind of psychological care. The process of finding a mental health provider is similar to how you'd seek a primary care physician, but you should have a clear aim for a solution that makes the most sense. In the mental health world, Patients can get official assessments, counseling, therapy, medications, or a combination depending on the provider. But then you ask, what if I don't know what I need? In that case, a great first step is to check out counselors in your area. These people could be licensed professional counselors that have a master's in counseling or psychology and do the kind of first-line work that other providers may not necessarily be available for. More than anything else, the counseling option gives you a sounding board to help with both reactive and preventative mental health care if you're not sure about specific options. On top of that, counselors exist to help with various walks of life. Someone could assist with marital counseling and substance abuse. Even other counselors who dealt with mental health challenges themselves can jump in to comfort you. The only significant downside to first-line counseling work is that such professionals might not be able to give an official assessment of your mental well-being, and they definitely would not be prescribing any medication. If you're leaning towards getting a concrete opinion and maybe some initial therapy, clinical psychologists are the next level up. 
these are people who usually have a PhD in psychology while seeing patients to make a diagnosis and provide individual or group therapy. If you happen to be in school, certain academic institutions have their own psychologists that connect with you and other staff as well. These psychotherapists may also offer cognitive behavior therapy, which is the practice of singling out negative behaviors and in turn replacing those issues with positive habits. This avenue makes sense for exploring non-medication treatment and getting an opinion without going as far as seeing a psychiatrist. This approach also makes sense when you or your contacts feel that you have a possible mental disorder requiring the kind of attention a counselor wouldn't be able to provide. The next degree of care available to you would be the realm of prescribers such as psychiatrists. These mental health care workers are medical doctors who do traditional clinic work for making a diagnosis and offering medication-related treatment. Not all psychiatrists or mental health nurse practitioners may do cognitive therapy, but some may complement health plans with counseling. In a situation where a mental condition is rather severe and therapy hasn't worked out well in the past, then it might be proper to see a psychiatrist earlier. Getting prescriber-focused assistance would be something to try once the choices along the counselor and psychologist spectrum get exhausted. You would likely need a referral to see a psychiatrist outside of a hospital setting, but visiting your general doctor is another good first step to get an opinion about your condition before getting put through to another doctor or therapist. A great website to help you find local therapists would be psychologytoday.com slash us slash therapists. For psychiatrists in particular, you can visit locator.apa.org. Online platforms like letterhelp.com or teledoc.com are great places to start with as well. No matter who you see or what app you use, you should feel comfortable asking questions just like with any other provider because you need to figure out if you can trust your provider's judgment even if you disagree with the diagnosis. The actual weight of getting a mental health diagnosis varies between patients because, again, there are no traditional lab tests with mathematical or chemical evidence showing that you have depression or any other kind of similar disorder. Some patients feel a mix of comfort and fear in being able to put a name to the face of their issues. Because mental health treatment is created based on your provider's experience, training, and diagnosis criteria more so than testing, there is nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. Just avoid trying to visit every single therapist and psychiatrist in town. Because mental health appointments like talk therapy, psychiatric emergencies, and cognitive behavior work differ from a traditional medical visit, I want to leave a quick note on the insurance side of things before moving on. Mental health coverage is not as clear-cut, and not every health plan is willing to pay for such treatment. The best way to demystify this is to contact your insurance company directly to ask what the specific deductibles, copays, and coinsurance look like for a given scenario once you decide on pursuing a counselor, psychologist, or psychiatrist. If a medical problem comes up fast, whether it's related to mental health or not, you should know about the first places to go. The next pods theme covers the differences between urgent care and the emergency room, as well as which one you should pick for a given situation. Subscribe and stay tuned to Friendly Neighborhood Patient to get ahead on healthcare. I'll catch you at the next episode.